Loney's on Twitter at Lou Merloney. I have so many gifts personally mm. that in order to come in and do radio with you two, I have to dumb it down. Back to OMF on WEEI. Bergeron wide open. Charlie McAvoy. He'll skate it out. McAvoy gains center at the line. They cross on side. This is Marshan. He scores! Brad Marshan wins it in overtime. Wait a minute. This is Hall and Oates? This is Hall and Oates. See, I'm out. Oh, come I, don't on. Out. I don't want cover stuff. No, I'm out. get out. I know here. it's gonna be a cover song. Please. Listen, Pierre Maguire, the great Pierre Maguire is coming on, and we're gonna give him a cover song from Hollow Notes. We that's, can't give him an fair. original. It's a good cover. I feel like you Stop need it. to start over and give. Maybe. Do you think Pierre actually likes Hollow Notes? I don't know. Pierre, do you like Pierre? Do you like Hollow Notes at all? Uh, yeah, I guess a couple songs. I'm with you. My vintage. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you, Pierre. I'm See, with Pierre, you. We're trying to figure out. We got all these lines, these names, perfection line, and what is it? The, it's the not, integrity line. It's not I, the integrity it's line. The identity, identity line. line. The identity, identity line. line. So we're coming up with like hauling goats for the second line. We're trying to come up with something. <laughs> what do you think? Ooh, that's very strong. Very strong. No, we're just trying well to come done. up with something. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, just trying to, you're just trying to make Christian feel good. Well, no, I mean, listen to me. I feel like I mean they're playing like a first line. Maybe you should just call them the first line. How about that? <laughs> That'll be their nickname. Uh, yeah. they're, they're good. There's no question about it. They're really good, and the Bruins are really good. Glenn, Lou, Christian, really nice to visit it's, with you. It's gentlemen. great to talk to you as always. And uh, I, I want to ask you before we get to the individual part of the game, how much fun was it for you with a full crowd? And they're crazy at Nassau Coliseum. They're crazy here at the TD Garden. But they were wild there last night You in between the glass, and there's noise, Pierre. Noise. Finally. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. Honestly, it was really loud. Uh, I thought that game one Saturday in Boston was probably as loud as any crowd I've experienced since I coached in the Stanley Cup final in 92 in Chicago Stadium. I'm not kidding you. I, I just thought there was such an outpouring of support for the Bruins and their players uh, and for the city of Boston. I was blown away. Uh, but the crowds have been great at Uniondale all, all playoff long. And uh, I got to tell you, their passion for their team is, is just as high as the Bruins fans' passion for their team. So, Pierre, you were, we were talking about that second line. Obviously, they were good. And, and mainly because, you know, the Islanders did such a good job with that first line. It seemed like they just had they had no space whatsoever. Every time Brad Marchand touched the puck early, there was a body there. It just seemed like they closed it in on him. What did they do differently, and can they keep that up in this series? They did the same thing to Sidney Crosby and uh, Jake Gensel and Brian Rust. They did that entire series, and, and they just smothered those guys to the point in game six where Crosby had nothing left and probably played one of the worst playoff games he's ever played. So it's a combination of things. Obviously, they got bigger bodies on defense with Ryan Pollock and Adam Pellick. Uh, they lean on you with Beauvillier, obviously, and, and the way he can skate. And um, they just do a lot. I mean, the, the Islanders with Brock Nelson and Beauvillier and Bailey, they take away a lot of time and space. They can also utilize Pajot there. And J.G. Pajot is a tremendous checker. So they're equal opportunity. They don't just, uh, you know, they don't just go with one line. But usually it's the same defense pairing. And usually it's going to be uh, Ryan Pollock and Adam Pollock. So if, if Carlo can't go, well, how much of a challenge is that for, for the Bruins? Like, is that, and one, I mean, you were there, you saw the hit, and you yeah, saw him get up. Yeah. Well, how bad do you think it is? And if he can't play, how much does that affect the Bruins going forward? Oh, it affects them significantly, mm-hmm. Christian. I think the biggest thing is when you look at it, this is uh, two games in a row now where Charlie, Charlie McAvoy has been 29 to 30 minutes. 
Uh, Grizzlick's playing over 20. Riley's playing over 20. So you're starting to get where it's going to become a battle of attrition because now that they know they've wounded uh, a Bruin player in Carlo, they'll just continually target guys. And you see what went on in game two with uh, Travis Ajak and Charlie McAvoy. And that's by design, by the way. That's what they do. They go, that's, you know, when you have good players, you target them, as you know. It's not dirty. That, By the way, that hit last night by Clutterbuck was not a dirty play. And I don't think Bruins fans thought it was either. And if you do, then you take a look at some of the hits that have gone on all playoff. Uh, you know, that's just a tough play. And Carlos had concussion issues before, obviously, from the Tom Wilson situation. So I feel terrible for Brandon. He's such a good player, an important part of the Bruins. But this will definitely affect him. There's no question. So we had one of those games last night where, as they like to say, both of the goaltenders stood in their head because they were absolutely phenomenal. It's interesting because you look at the Islanders. They did not face great, uh, great goaltending in their first series against Pittsburgh. And the Bruins didn't either as well. How much does that change what you do when suddenly you're putting pucks on net and a guy just keeps on stoning you? That's a great question, Glenn. It really is. I think the biggest thing for the Islanders last night, after the Barzell goal, you could see they were starting to feel it just a little bit, and there was one great chance in a power play where Nelson just went high and wide. I think that's more intimidation than anything else. You're just trying to be so refined. You're trying to pick corners rather than just put pucks on goal. Um, Tuke has been that good. And I, I know that Bruce Cassie said in game, after game two, I should say, that he felt that Tuka wasn't tracking the puck very well. I, to be honest with you, I thought Tuka played a really solid game too. I really did. I just thought the Islanders did a better job of getting to the front of the net than they did in game one. And, and they didn't do as good a job in game three getting to the front of that. So I would expect in game four, you're going to see the Islanders get to the front of the a lot more and just put pucks on goal rather than trying to pick corners. Pierre, it looked like that goal, um, Barzal's goal, looked like Clifton kind of maybe out of position, kind of trying to chase him in front of the net. But is it a concern mm-hmm. to get that guy going? Because that's his first goal of the playoffs, right? Yeah, no, he hasn't played particularly well. He was really uh, mediocre at best in the uh, Pittsburgh series. But I can tell you one thing. He's, you could see it. Lou in game two he started to really push the pedal to the metal and then I thought last night after probably a so-so first period he started to get a lot more uh, into it in terms of wanting to own the puck and starting to attack so I think long term now that he's scored a goal you're going to have to pay a little bit more attention to him because he is going to start jumping a little bit more. Is that just Clifton kind of going in front of the net not just staying home? Uh, That's a tough play I mean you know, for Cliffy in that position, it's it's a more of a tough play. I mean, yeah, he could have probably done a little bit better job physically, uh, but it's it, it's a tough play against a real high-end player in Barzell. Can you just, you know, from your vantage point, just kind of, I guess, just discuss how unbelievable of a shot that was by Brad Mar- Marchand at the end of that game of overtime. Like, to me, like... I, so I you, was shocked. <laughs> I mean, everybody was. It, it, it's... it's it, it, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you do, you, maybe you could try that same shot maybe a hundred times. Maybe you make it twice. I don't know. You tell me. Well, Christian, I I was watching it, and it just, I'm standing on a riser so I can see above the players because usually you can't see above the players when you're between the benches, but they put a riser in there so I could see. And he's coming down the left wing. He's a left shot, and I said, I was just throwing it on goal. And then all of a sudden, the crowd goes dead. Forslund goes nuts on the play-by-play. And I'm going, wow, that puck went in. And I didn't know if it changed directions or not because of where I was standing. And then all of a sudden I saw the replay. I'm like, I went straight in. So that's a combination of one, it's a great shot by Brad. And number two, it's not a great save opportunity by Varlamov. He played so darn well that entire game. And then to have a game-winning goal like that, 
uh, that's one he's do you, do you think he, do you think he just was like just maybe surprised that lost an angle right right or what, what do you think yeah, on the, on the change lost, I think he lost his net I think he yeah. lost his yeah. net and I think he dropped really quick and because of that he looked small in goal and you saw most of the far side of the net and Brad took advantage of it. So we didn't have any power play goals last night, but the Bruins, something that we've worried about uh, in the playoffs this year, just taking some dumb penalties. Corrali took one. Marchant took one as well. Marchant continues. And Pasternak. Pasternak, Pasternak with the hit. In the, yeah. So those are killers. Is it as much a problem going up against the Islanders? Because certainly against Washington with the power play and Ovechkin, it was. No, it's not as big a problem. But the one thing I'd say is you're playing with fire. Because if Barzell starts to heat up and Everly starts to heat up, uh, that's going to be a problem. And so you don't want to give them easy minutes on the power play to give them that chance to heat up. I, I tell you this, I won't tell you who it was, but I was texting with a scout of the Boston Bruins last night, and he's like, oh, we got to fix these penalties. I'm like, don't worry, I think your coach will have it well in hand. I'm sure they'll probably show the players that tape or they'll bring them into the office. We can't have retaliatory penalties. The Pasternak penalty and, and the Marchand penalties are retaliatory. And the cross check, they're called every. I can tell. I worked in three series, actually four series in the first round, and I can tell you the call of the year in the playoffs is cross checking. If you cross check in the back, close to the boards, you're getting a penalty. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah, right I think now. I heard Chuck Corelli was yeah. stunned by it. I, yeah. you're right. You you guys were saying it on the broadcast. That that's an automatic. You know. Yep. Yep. So Pierre, I, you 100%. know, I, listen. I, I still think I, I have a ton of respect for the Islanders. I like the way they play. Obviously, defensive minded, and maybe we can get more of these games. I still think the Bruins can be the better team. However, I am concerned about that blue line. You know, as far as the depth and everything. So where do you is that? Is that play a big role in the rest of this series? Is this going to be like this the rest of the way? Well, I don't know. I don't know what uh, Bruce is going to decide to do on the back end. I mean, I don't know where Kevin Miller's health is right now. I think that's obviously really important. Um, he didn't travel to New York, so it looks no, like he and Carl. I, I don't know if they put. Yeah, I don't know if they put Tenorti back in. You know, I don't. I just don't know that. I don't know if they go eleven and seven. Uh, you know, or, or if they go back. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know the answer to what they're trying to do. But I think the biggest thing is the core that you have, and this is really positive. I, I know everybody's talking about Taylor Hall. Everybody's talking about Curtis Lazar. Not enough people are talking about Mike Riley. Yep. Mike Riley's playing fantastic hockey, Lou, for them right now. He really is, and so. When you have Grizzlick, when you have Riley, when you have McAvoy, and, and Lazon is, is solid. He, I know, forget the turnover the other night. That could happen to anybody. That kid's played solid hockey. He's a real good penalty killer. They need Clifton to be a little bit more consistent. But I think if they have to substitute somebody in, I think they'll be fine. But I do think they're going to have to play smarter in terms of the penalties that Glenn was talking about. What do you think, what do you think Barry Trotz does differently in this game? Uh, I, don't think, I don't think very much. The one thing I would say, because I've been around their team a lot, when they have a disappointing game or a loss like they had last night, they come back a lot more physical and they try to make it really difficult on your goalie in terms of crease traffic. So those are the two things I look for tomorrow, a little bit more physicality from the Islanders and a little more getting to the front of the net. They're not going to play a very complicated game. They're going to play a harder game around your goal. So, you know, Glenn and I were talking about uh, just the playoffs in general and everything that's going on in Canada. What's going to happen – like when uh, you know worlds collide, <laughs> when they have to play, you know, outside they actually of have to play outside of Canada. Like, what's what's that going to look like? You know, they're still trying to negotiate this whole thing out. By the way, because they actually oh. had fans in Montreal, um, and they had fans in Winnipeg for Game One, only five hundred. But in Montreal, they had twenty five hundred, um, and obviously Toronto's out now, so they don't have any. 
<laughs> I'm sure that's painful for Bruins fans wow. to know that Toronto's wow. out. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would just say that uh, they're still trying to negotiate this whole thing out. There's no real firm plan going forward. I can All I can tell you is this. The winner of the Bruins-Islander series plays the winner of the Carolina-Tampa mm, series. Good. And the the winner of of uh, Mon- or Montreal Winnipeg plays the winner of the Vegas Golden Knights in the Colorado Avalanche series. Where we don't <laughs> know where. where we don't, we don't know, know where. where. That's just nuts. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be good. Pierre, by the way, real quick, what 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 do you see in uh, Tampa Bay, Carolina? I know you're covering that series, but uh, you expect no, that I'm thing? Watching all. Yeah, I think I think that'll probably be five or six games. I think Tampa will win. They played their best game last night and they lost. And that's because Peter Morazic was phenomenal in goal for Carolina. He hasn't played the entire playoff. It's been Alex and Adelkovic, but Morazic came in and played super well last night. Uh, but I would expect Tampa will really show up for game four, and it'll be 3-1 going back so to Carolina. If, and I don't five. know when we'll talk to you next, but if the Bruins are happen to slide anytime by Anytime you here. guys want. I'll yeah. talk to you anytime you want. How do you like that Bruins-Tampa? Because I'm, I'm, I'm looking ahead. That's what I do here. How do you like <laughs> Bruins-Tampa? He's scouting. I know. Lou, I'm just going to tell you this. I was talking to the great Louis... Mr. Lamorello, yes. I call him Mr. Coach, the other day, and he Province was telling College me great so. stories about you, yes. And uh, Providence College, yes, exactly. But, uh, no, I don't ever put the cart before the horse, so I'm not going to try to pick a winner. All I'm going to tell you is that Tampa's playing well, Boston's playing well, and the Islanders are playing well. That's all, right. what I'll tell you. I like it. So let me ask and you. Carolina, and Carolina played well last night. A <laughs> uh, goaltending, yeah. Um, uh, let me get to one more question with uh, Tuka Rask. Once again, he was asked about health. He was asked about health here on this station a few days ago, and he kind of left it open that he's not 100% or whatever. What are you hearing? You're around these teams. Obviously, he's out there, and he's constantly playing, and he's playing at a really high level. But is this something to be concerned about, something we've got to watch? Well, I saw it the other day in Game 2, and I made mention of it on the air, the Memorial Day game night uh in the second period Tuca had about three or four save opportunities in a row and he looked really uncomfortable when he's getting up and I mentioned it on the air but then I never saw any kind of situation where he was like that again so I don't know what's ailing him and you guys know at this time of the year nobody's telling you anything about injuries anyways and if they are they're lying to you it's all disinformation so I don't even pay attention to the injury reports anymore I go by what my eye tells me and he looked uncomfortable but I watched him last night, and that save sequence, the start of overtime by him, uh, especially the Barzell save, he doesn't look hurt to me at all. So it's hard to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's something I guess we just have to watch, and every day he's asked about it, uh, and Cassidy's asked about it, and yet he goes out there and he plays at a high level. It's always great talking to you, Pierre. We'll do it uh, again. We'll be watching, it. obviously, tomorrow night, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thanks a lot, Glenn. Thanks a lot, Luke. Christian, take care of yourself. Have a great weekend. Yes, sir. You too. too, Pierre McGuire from NBC Sports on the Harbor One Hotline.